Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. It is uh, mid-February. I can't, I can't believe we're already closing in on tax season. My favorite time of the year. Just kidding, not. But um, it's going to be a good day because we have Dr. Noel Liu with us, um, who runs Secure Dental uh, with multiple locations. Um, I'm super excited to j- jump into this because I'm sure he has a very unique perspective on um, commercial properties and uh, how to get the most out of them. And I do have to apologize before we get into this. I have been kicking a cold. Um, it's been going around. So my voice sounds a little bit different, um, but I personally am okay. But with that said, we're going to jump right into this. Uh, Noel, thank you very much for hopping on the show. Hey, Gabe. Thanks so much. And it's a pleasure and honor to be here with you. I'm uh, really looking forward to share uh, my experience. Yeah, absolutely. I like your shirt, by the way, Crushing. This is a shirt that I got from the Brad Summerock event. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I told you before we got on here, we like to start with stories. Um, so take us to the beginning of your real estate story. How'd you get started in real estate? Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's a great starting point. So I'm a general dentist by trade. And, uh, you know, we've been working in our practices for the last, uh, you know, over a decade. One of those things that really, really was bothering me was I needed to invest. And the question that always popped up was, how do I invest? Where do I invest? And so like many of our colleagues, uh, we always have this issue of the traditional route, like, you know, stocks and bonds and mutual funds. And those never actually got me excited. And my real estate journey just started about like maybe three and a half years ago, uh, something along those lines where I saw Grant Cardone and his thing was, hey, you know what, come up to my summit and we will, you know, kick it off and you'll be able to invest. Uh, Little did I know, I signed up. Uh, This was like in the summer, like right uh, before, I would say right along you know, when, when it was COVID, I signed up and I went in there and uh, Gabe, I was the only dentist over there out of 2,500 people. Really? Right? That's surprising. Right. And I know there were a few doctors, a cardiologist was like right next to me. And uh, that's where I started meeting a lot of people. I did not know what to wear, what to say, what to, you know, do any of that stuff. Trust me, I did not even know what a cap rate was, right? <laughs> I just went in there and I just indulged myself. And this is one of those stories that I like to tell my colleagues is that if you don't understand something, learn it, get educated and just immerse yourself. Just and that's how in. I got started. Right. And and it's been like, you know, like really fun because all the people, all the connections I made over there that day, we still are in touch. And, and that's how, you know, we are getting into deals. We are talking real estate. We're doing a lot of the meetups and, and it's been awesome ever since. And, cool. and myself, I got into many deals this way. Nice. I love it. I've actually, I've wanted to go to one of the um, Grant Cardone events. I know he's kind of a polarizing figure in real estate, but uh, I I love, I like his personality. I just think yeah. it's fun. Um, and I, the events, they seem like they're, uh, I, know, I wanted to go to it. It was pretty good. You either love him or you hate him. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> no in between. Right. <laughs> no. So, so yeah, it's, it's really, really good. I, I love what he teaches and I love his mindset. You know, a lot of people shoot the messenger, right? But I'm like, hey, how about we just listen to what he has to say? And, you know, with his experience and his network, it's it's amazing what he what he does. Yeah. And you can't you can't really uh, 
deny his success in real estate. And, you know, anybody who doesn't matter who they are, if they've reached that pinnacle of success, they've got things to say that you probably should listen to. And so, um, unless you reach that level, then that's a different story, right? Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. So three years ago, so you're kind of, um, I wouldn't say new into real estate, but uh, newer than um, a lot of people out there. Uh, So you got a fresh uh, opinion. Um, How did you, what was your first foray into real estate? Once you took that seminar and you decided, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to invest. Did you buy single family, multifamily? Grant Cardone, I would assume it's multifamily. Um, right, what was your first right. step? You know, um, from there, what I heard was everyone was telling me, hey, avoid single families, right? Avoid uh, short-term rentals, avoid all this stuff. Now, as I look back, you know, everybody has their own pros and cons. Yeah. Uh, it's not like it's all bad. It's not like it's all good. Yeah. Uh, I started with Cardone Enterprises and then Cardone Capital. And that's where my first deal was as an LP with him. Oh, okay. So I started with him and I, you know, I was looking at return. Okay. It's kind of small, but you know, knock, knock wood to this day, I'm still getting what I'm supposed to be getting. So I can't, I can't say anything bad about it. But then after that, I started venturing into a little bit more of the syndication world. And that's where I started meeting a lot of other GP uh, group uh, guys and companies and uh, whatnot. Then I stumbled across Brad Sumrock and that's where I really wanted to learn. And with the Sumrock group, I just indulged the whole nine yard, right? I went all in. I went with being a mastermind student from there. Then I went to becoming his personal mentoring student. Then I joined the one-on-one with him. And uh, it was like, you know, pretty much drinking out of our water, out of fire hose, right? All this information <laughs> popping up for somebody new like me. But, but I knew deep in my heart that if I wanted to learn this trade really well, I need to surround myself to accelerate time because... If all these guys have decades of experience, how do I take their experience and, and morph it into mine? And that's what I started doing was then I started my first co-GP deal. Then I started investing as more as an LP. And uh, that's how I started rolling with, with multiple people and multiple deals and uh, still in right now and still actively looking. Very cool. So are you, um, are you only doing... Uh multifamily or i mean you own a number of your practices i'm assuming the the buildings that you live in i know that you're the tenant in those buildings but um have you looked at other commercial assets at this time my favorite one right now is flex industrial ah yeah there we go you know that one i love that one because they're I'm, I'm invested with one of them um then i'm really invested i'm really thinking i'm investing in one of my buddy and partners uh tom Varghese. so we run a facebook group and he and his buddy, they're invested in Georgia. And that thing has been like a cash flow machine. Nice. It's like a thousand to twelve hundred square feet. And everybody wants to rent it because they are like always so full and they have a waiting list going on. So that's like my my best, best thing right now, uh, apart from multifamily. So multifamily, I just took a little break right now for the last 10 months, kind of stepped away from a little bit. And uh, right now I'm just focusing mainly on on this right here, the flex. And I'm I'm also involved in another deal in Toronto, Canada. Believe it or not, with this other uh, partner of mine, complexes over there. Okay, um, you cut out just on the very last thing. What what are you doing in What are you doing in Toronto? So Toronto, I'm partnered with this other guy, Jaden, and uh, they do like build out those four plexes. Oh, so okay. they're taking out really old homes, getting city approval, making it all green, and getting like a 50 year term on on the loan, which is crazy unheard of. Oh. 50 year term 50 year amortization right <laughs> jesus i know so that so that cash must be a canadian thing i don't i've never heard of that in uh in in, in the u.s 
it's not even actually, it's not even common over there. It's just this code where they have to really, really bypass, which is really hard, a lot of red tapes. And uh, he got him through because he works for this green energy uh, company and uh, they got it through. Hmm. They got this loan approved and they're building their fourplex. And All the right. rents are like astronomical. It's like around four to five K a month. Yeah, on those, Toronto. Uh, on those their apartments. Toronto is crazy. It's one of those markets that's just like, you know, San Francisco, like gone through the roof. Um, but yeah. if you can, if you can turn a single into a quad, that's, uh, I'm sure the numbers make sense there. Makes a lot of sense because their NOI was coming up to like 240K a year, which is unheard of. Like on 240K a for a fourplex? For a fourplex. <laughs> that's crazy. <clears throat> so that's so a... how they did it is a fourplex and then they have like a big unit in the back, which is called a laneway suite. And that laneway suite, that rent is around like 6K a, a month. Okay, so they have so it's five units essentially. Five units, right? Five yeah. units. Yeah. Um, still, two forty for five units. That's you're sitting That's pretty amazing. with that uh, with that NOI. Um, awesome. So, what is you're in Flex Industrial? You're in sounds like small multis. Uh, are you running any of these deals yourself? Are you the the primary GP or, or is most of these? No, no, I'm not a primary GP in any of any of these deals. And the reason because I got an active business that I'm running here, right? Yeah, my mental practices. <laughs> uh, and this is this is a message actually to all our colleagues as well that. Our main thing should be our main thing, mm. you know, and not try to like try to, you know, jiggle between your know, main business and real estate. Otherwise, none of them work out. You know, I feel like I would have probably suffered if I did both. Yeah. Right? So what I do a lot of times is I'm partnering up with strong uh, general partners. I'm partnering up with strong operators, uh, people with great track record. You know, their past returns has been like astronomical. That's where I'm really, really like focused on or just invest as LPs. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I like what you said. Uh, the main thing should be the main thing. I think that's true, not only in, you know, between different careers, but um, in real estate, if you're focused on flex industrial, focus on flex industrial, get good at there it. You go. um, don't try to, you know, dabble in single family and multifamily and short term, all that stuff. Uh, I definitely had the the shiny object syndrome when I first got into real estate and I tried it all. Uh, but I quickly realized that you need to choose one asset and really understand it well for you to get the I best returns. One hundred percent. So, if you're looking into the future, the next five years, what uh, what does a successful investing career look like to you? So, the next five years, uh, I'm looking to create a fund, so fund a fund, and basically taking that and and hosting it, you know, and opening up opportunities for our colleagues dentists and doctors and then looking for them because I see a lot of guys like me who is trying to invest, but they don't know where to invest. So this alternative investment strategy, I think it works best for, you know, these busy professionals like myself. Yeah. So I think that's probably going to be the next thing in the next five years. That's where my eyes are to do like different asset classes, but mainly focusing on flex industrial. Very cool. And so you would, uh, you're opening a fund and you would be the you would source the GPs essentially and uh, um, figure out where to place the capital. Correct. Correct. Nice. I love it. Cool, man. Um, and so Flex Industrial, is, is that going to be your main focus? As of now, Flex Industrial would be my main focus. The other focus would be uh, uh, retail strip mall plazas, again, with uh, with my dental, dental associates. Uh, a lot of times we find these places, especially with my dentist or dental friends, who's looking for a space and the best way to do it is go out there, find a space for them, um, do the TI, 
get them up and running. And basically, you know, I'm owning the real estate and they are renting it out for me. Oh, okay. So to a point where, because a lot of them, you know, they have this cash flow issue initially when you're opening up a practice, because you got to borrow like a million dollars for the build out, for example, oh, to wow. build it out, right? And now the, the, oh, the cost and that, of that includes estate. all of the like medical equipment, I'm assuming. Exactly, exactly. And then the real estate component, that's adding like, like an extra dead weight to the practice. So the banks, the way they look at it is they add the equity from, you know, the real estate, they'll look at the lien from the real estate, the loans, and then they'll look at the loan from the practice build out. They'll kind of merge them together. Mm. So they put everything under one collateral. And I think that's like the biggest mistake a lot of people make in our profession. So if they have somebody else own the real estate component, still with an option to buy down the road. Oh, okay. Oh, lease option. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And then I think that's the best of both worlds. Yeah. Makes sense. And so you go in and buy the entire strip, um, not just one location within that Correct. strip. Uh, interesting. Retail strips, malls, that's one thing that um, I know nothing about. And I've, def- I've been interested. You know, we just talked about shiny object syndrome. This is one of the shiny objects that I've, uh, that I've considered over the years. Um, so have you gone through full cycle uh-huh. on any of those uh, projects or do you? Actually, I'm, I'm doing like a case study on my own first. Okay. And I've noticed that the minute they find out there's a dentist or a healthcare provider in that building, automatically that appraisal value just skyrockets. skyrockets? Yeah, I would imagine. Skyrockets. Huh. So I'm doing my test study right now and I'll see like, you know, how it goes. Uh, partnering up with a few guys who actually are really, really good with triple nets. Hmm. And uh, that's where that's where my, my strength is. Identify these people and just partner with them because for me, those guys are going to be like assets, right? They'll know what what the ins and outs and what to do and what not to do. Yeah. Versus me trying to do it myself and, and learning the hard way. So how do you go about um, identifying the actual locations? Are you, I mean, you guys, you have VAs that work for you that kind of skip trace the different, different assets or. Well, uh, the VAs, the, the VAs are like one aspect, but mainly having relationships with uh, dental brokers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a huge uh, influx of deals or, or, or opportunities that flow in. Yeah. From all over uh, the state, for example. So I'm in Illinois right now. So I I, I have a lot of deal flow with Illinois. But if sense. I were to look at another city, then maybe create relationships down there. Yep. And so you, you're sticking within the state of Illinois for now. For now, for investment purposes, in terms of uh, the strip plazas, but anything else like outside, then I'll have to redo the whole groundwork again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Flex Industrial is great because uh, I mean. Any major metro, you can find really good assets. The problem is that that cap rates have been going down really low for Flex. Um, have you guys found anything good recently? No, no. And and I feel like um, this is again another opportunity where I think partnering up with some sort of a developer, like you know, guys who are actually into development of Flex Industrial, that's the way to do it because that's the time you get the first dip. There's yeah. a little bit of work to it, of course, but you know the the upside it's is a lot more. Yeah. Versus you buying a cash flow property and then it's like what do you what do you what, what do you pay for it right yeah exactly what cap are you getting at right yeah um and i mean for i i don't know anything about developing flex industrial but i would imagine it's a little bit simpler than um other assets just because it's it's like a self-storage facility that's what i do it's just walls a roof and you got maybe an office in the front All um right. so cool all right. Uh, I just took a peek at the clock. It looks like we have run it down. It's time to jump into the quick question round. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. 
Uh, it starts with books or really any form of education. Could be um, YouTube channels, Netflix shows, documentaries, whatever. Um, give me two recommendations, one for general life wisdom and then one for real estate. One for real estate, everyone's favorite, Kiyosaki. Rich dad, poor dad. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Everyone's That's a good one. It's a, it's a classic uh, recommendation and it's been suggested many times on this podcast, but um, yeah, rightfully yeah. so because it is, it's a great place. It, it to is. Start. It is. It's like, it's like we follow the Holy Grail, right? Yep. All right. So that's real book, estate. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other book, like outside real estate is, um, it's Bob Proctor. That's my other favorite. Bob Proctor. Yeah. He's, uh, he's really good. What I actually don't know any of his books. I've heard him speak a number of times, but, um, what are the books that he's written? A whole bunch of them. So the, the latest one that I'm listening to right now is after he passed away is the ultimate collection oh, okay. of Bob Proctor. And yeah. then uh, the other one is uh, the science, the art and science of the science of getting rich. Oh, okay. I feel like speaks a lot, lot about the mindset and, and and what do you what do you need to do? So yeah. those are those are my two favorite books. Yeah, yeah. Bob Proctor is really good. I used to um, really like Zig Ziglar growing up. Um, oh, I feel yeah. like they have a, a similar vibe. All right. Next question is for your younger self. Um, let's go back to the Noel who, you know, a short three years ago who had no experience in real estate. Go back to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. If I were to go back, I would say start saving, start investing and not blow it up on, on dumb things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, once you, once you first start to get money, it's really hard not to blow it up on dumb things. But, um, but I'm going to put that in the I wish I got started earlier bucket. We kind of have a running tally on this show on the yeah. number of people who say they wish they got started earlier because it's a lot. Um, and so every time somebody says it, I turn it around to the people listening. You guys out there, if you're thinking, if you're on the fence and you're thinking about getting into real estate, this is this is a message directly to you. Um, now is the time. Just go out there, get involved, get started. Don't you know? Stop reading books, and I, it's good to get education, but just go out there and get something done. Because everybody who's come on this podcast wishes they got started earlier. So now is the time for you. You know, I always say like an ounce of uh, you know action is is worth or weighs more than a pound of you know just analyzing. Yep. And yeah. That's absolutely. where a lot of people get get paralysis, you know, syndrome. That paralysis syndrome is like, how do you keep? How do you take action? Yeah. Yeah. And it's really hard in real estate because real estate is, you know, a big portion of analysis. And so you feel like you're doing something when you're analyzing properties, but, uh, but it really, it really doesn't matter until the rubber hits the road and you actually sign those purchase right. agreements. Absolutely. All right. Next question is about the U S it's a big place. A lot of opportunity out there. Give me the single Metro you're most excited about investing in today. Texas, Texas. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, Force your hand here and boil it down to one one city in Texas that you like. One city in Texas would be um, Dallas. Dallas Fort Worth. All right, that's a good one. Um, Dallas Fort Worth. I own a couple properties out there. Great, uh, great metro. Um, it's crazy just the amount, the size of that city. It's every time I fly right. in there, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this is a big ass city. The the reason I say Dallas is because if you look at a whole, absolutely. But are there pockets where there are good ones and bad ones? Yes, definitely. We have to look further deep down. But as a whole, in general, Dallas, Texas. Yeah, it's a good metro. Um, all right. Next question is about finding deals. It all starts with uh, getting in contact with the seller, signing that purchase agreement. So what is your favorite way 
to, I'm going to have you answer this two ways. Um, one, to find new deals and then two, to find new GPs. My new GPs, uh, I'll, I'll start with the GPs first. My new GPs is very simple. Uh, it's pretty much all the relationships that I've made over the last three years and really getting into the the summit and the events and knowing these guys and, the, and, and you know, like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the mastermind group mm. where we kind of know them exactly how they react and act during stress times and, and what kind of stuff they do, like personal life, what kind of jobs do they hold, any businesses they own. So that is my criteria for getting GPs. Or if somebody knew, then looking at the track record and of course the character, that's that's really important for me. It it kind of trumps the deal at all yeah. times. Makes sense. Uh finding new deals again through these events, through summits, and uh getting to know a lot of people. Yep. Um so both of those answers sound like networking um or building networking, relationships. Networking, networking, networking. Yep. Yeah, so important in real estate, in any any career really, but in uh, in real estate, I feel it is doubly so 100%. important. Yep. Um, all right. That brings us to the second to last question. This is about lessons learned. I know um, you probably don't have too many deals that have gone full cycle, but um, let's dig into the past and think about the deals that, that a wrench was thrown into the mix and things didn't go exactly as planned. Um, in those opportunities, that's where you learn the biggest lessons. So go yeah. back to a deal that went a little bit sideways. And then what was the biggest lesson that you pulled from it? Uh, currently, I think I have like a, a deal or two that's kind of like struggling a little bit. And uh, one of those things is it's not doing my proper due diligence. Mm. And this was like the first initial deals that I started with as an LP, not knowing the not knowing the GPs exactly, not knowing their net worth, their background. So sorry to say, but you know, everybody kind of everyone can get affected through this, which is a capital call. Mm, yeah. And that's that's one of those things where, you know, it happened. But um, the lesson that I learned from is, is number one, know your team, know the operators, know the asset managers, like, you know, who's going to be managing the property. And then number two, I would say the, the most important thing is know the debt structure in the deal. That's what, that's what the two deals that I'm in right now, which got in trouble, it's because of the debt structure. So that's, that's another thing I would say as LPs to just do the due diligence. Um, and when he says capital call, that means that, uh, you know, when you buy a property, you you raise X amount of money, um, X amount of capital to buy it. Uh, so in this situation, it sounds like they didn't have the money that they needed once, you know, X number of years down the line, they ran out of money, they needed to go back to their investors and do a second raise. Um, and you never want to do that as a GP because investors are not never. happy. <laughs> uh, so that's a good lesson. Well, and what was the biggest lesson there? Oh, due diligence. Um, due diligence on the property sounds like, and also on the GPs. Uh, very GPs. important. Um, I feel like the GP side is probably more difficult to do due diligence on because uh, um, you know properties they're pretty easy. All the information's out there. GPs, exactly. there's a character component, and uh, you really gotta know what you're getting into. With the, with the property, we just got to know, like, hey, if the rent's going to be raised, like, what are we looking at? And and how is that going to happen? And what is the negative impact if you're going to raise rents? Is that going to increase occupancy? And that's one of those things where we never look into it till we're in the deal. Yeah. You know, it looks it looks really nice that, you know, you're going to increase the rent, the NOI is going to go up, everything's going to go up. But what happens is the negative side effect is people start moving out. Yep. Right. Yeah, uh, you, yeah, we got to watch out for pro formas um, because people all, I, I feel like every pro forma I see, they assume an, a rent increase um, and then they don't really account for any 
you know, any uh, eventuality once you do increase the rents and if the market will even support the rents that, that are being increased, like will it support that level that you're expecting it to reach? Um, a lot of, a lot of variables there. So you got to watch out. Yeah. Especially with the underwriting, got to, got to know the underwriting inside out. Yep. All right. That leads us to the very last question. This is for the listeners. Um, you've given us a lot to think about. I'm sure people want to reach out, get in contact with you. Two part question, where can they find you? And then what can they expect when they reach out? Well, you can look me up on Instagram, Dr. D-R-N-O-E-L-L-I-U. And my Facebook is uh, Noah Liu DDS. That's my Facebook. And uh, definitely reach out if there's any question regarding real estate investing as an LP, what to look for, what not to look for. You know, like I said earlier, uh, we run a Facebook group for dentists and doctors. And we get tons of questions over there, what to do and what not to do as initial investors. So anyone in my shoe, like who's looking into investing in real estate for the first time maybe i can do some maybe i can help with some guidance and that's what they can expect perfect all right i will put those links in the show notes so if y'all want to reach out just click a little more in the description it'll pull down that full description and in there you can find dr Knowles' uh links all right that wraps it up Noel. thank you uh very much for hopping on the show hey gabe i appreciate it it was an honor it was a great great uh, conversation we had thank you absolutely for everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe, with realestateinvestingclub.com. Um, if you want to support the show, just give us a like, subscribe, share, all that jazz. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.